You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. There they are. You hear the dial tones, and you know what that means. It is time for our Straight Talk segment, as for the next few minutes, we are going to be receiving your questions and doing our best with them. The number to call is 877-795-0122. We really enjoy speaking with you and hearing about your questions. Uh, If there's anything you've been wondering about when it comes to why we believe what we believe as Catholics, or if you've had some sort of question on the faith that you haven't had a chance to ask, uh, now is that time. So again, the number is 877-795-0122. You can also leave questions on our uh, RPR Facebook page. And uh, as we are waiting for those questions to come in, Father Leffer, you want to regale us with something? Well, well, sure. No, we've got a got a whole list here. I have, I have some startup ones from the past that, that people have asked, and then I also have some coming in on social media that we can check into but here you know i thought there there's a lot of heaviness in the world right now going on around so you know it, and it's important even in the midst of that it's important to you know here do you know why angels fly father gross because they take themselves so lightly ha okay. you know and, be, and before okay before our heavenly father i think sometimes we're just we're too heavy we're too serious we're too worldly we're too earthly and so it it really helps sometimes to take things lightly. So um, how about some light questions here to get us started? Okay, so here, here's one that came Very in. Very good. And uh, it, it's from one of my students, actually, because these are the type of things that we'll do to get our, our high school kids uh, just stimulated thinking and going and so forth. And, you know, we are in a period where we could really use grace, right? We could use some supernatural gifts and things like that. But how about this? Do you know... Um, you know, you and I were big movie buffs. There aren't any movies going on right now, new ones, because of the COVID and all that. So, but there's been a, a run on the on the superhero movies, right? Of course, like that's been a, a genre yep. that's really taken Marvel, off. Marvel, uh, the MCU, Marvel Comic Universe, DC. Yes. So let's see here. If you could have any superhero power mm-hmm. what would be the superhero power now before you answer we should probably go through a, okay so i mean there's all kinds of awesome ones what are some of these that we can we can think of there's like uh what flying uh-huh. they're always, you know that's a top list always uh invisibility uh super strength super intelligence x-ray vision bionic hearing spider-man's his webs to jump uh, teleportation um all, mm-hmm. all these kind of things so yeah. what 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 you're just sitting here? What would be very good for you in your world? Yeah, it's probably not very creative, but I really would enjoy the superpower of flying. Um, just because you get such a, a great perspective, it's not the only the escapability or being able to catch somebody. But uh, I, I, I'm reading a, a novel, sort of a thriller, and what, there's a scene that's playing out of somebody who's hiking through the Grand Canyon. They're trying to find this cave where some nuclear material has been stored. It's 
cetera, et cetera. And so this, uh, the, the, um, the protagonist is, you know, describing her, you know, walking through and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, if he had sort of the superpower to fly kind of like the jetpack, he could just soar through the canyon and, and figure out what's up instead of wondering, well, what's around the next band and things like that. So it seems eminently practical to me. You know, I have, uh, you and I were so much alike because that would be at the top of my list. Since I was a little kid, I'd dream about flying and I even have dreams about it and stuff or whatever. Now, I was, but I was thinking about some of these, like, there's some really dangerous ones. Like, here would be one, like, you have the ability to see 10 seconds into the future of what's going to happen. I, I think that would be extremely dangerous because you'd have this temptation to want to change things or to yeah. affect it or, you know, and, and a lot of these, like, superhero powers could get you in big trouble. But I, I was thinking also, how about, like, you, as you read The Lives of the Saints, they really did have, we, we'd call them superhuman abilities, but uh, divine gifts that were given to him. Like, think about Padre Pio. He had, he could buy locator, try locator, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I was thinking about the, who'd want, as I was listening to Father Pfeiffer there and all the things that he's up to or whatever, we, we, we have enough already that we're responsible for. Why would you want to be doing three jobs instead? <laughs> Is, isn't it uh, the Dominican in South America, St. Martin de Porres, who was given gifts of levitation or aerial flight? Could you imagine coming into the chapel for a visit in the morning and whoosh, whoosh in the rafters? Okay. Oh, hi, Brother Martin. <laughs> he also had the ability to communicate with animals. There, there's one. Wouldn't that be something? To be able... Yeah, yeah, that would be fascinating. So 877-795-0122 is the number, or our Facebook page is available. And just one last thought, I'm reminded this uh, ventriloquist comedian, uh, Jeff Dunham, one of his characters, he asks him about superpowers. Can you stop a speeding bullet? And then the character says, once. (laughs) (laughs) So some of them aren't very uh, helpful, are they? (laughs) I I guess we all have that ability. Yeah, yes, we do. (laughs) Okay, so Father Gross... um, Little, it was a little out of time yesterday, chrono- chronologically and so forth. But very, right. you and I, we have some very, as priests, some very important things are going on. One, I'm mm-hmm. conscious of the delay of our date of ordination that happened. It was supposed to be this Saturday, June 6th. That got delayed till August 8th. So those yes. men, but ordination. You and I are sharing an anniversary tomorrow. Mm-hmm. On, uh, right, and, and think about this. It's the 25th, 21st anniversary of our priestly ordination. Someone who was born on the day we are ordained priests can legally purchase alcohol tomorrow. Oh my gosh, look at that. Life is complete. D- d- well, does, does it seem as though we're anywhere near that old already? Well, I, I, I don't want to <laughs> Don't comment. answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> I don't want to comment about... You know, they, they talk about when you, when you hit 50, you know, or whatever, the 40s are tough, and then you hit 50, it's like, you go to bed, everything's fine, you wake up in the morning, and things don't work anymore. And you're just like, what happened while I was sleeping? You know, just... So, yeah, life is definitely changing. <laughs> the joints know? are a little creakier and, and you know, all the rest of it. Yes. The... the um, Okay, but yesterday yeah. there was a, a beautiful thing that took place in diocese. You tell right, us about that. right. Every year in the dioceses across the country, there is what's called the Chrism Mass, which is a mass uh, uh, initially in, in, in urban dioceses, they can still do this. They would celebrate it on Holy Thursday morning. But what happens in our diocese typically is that it happens on Tuesday morning of Holy Week. Uh, a couple of main things happen. The three primary blessed oils that are used in various sacraments in the church are blessed every Every year uh, by the bishop and then distributed for the pastors and the uh, churches institutions to take home for their use for the upcoming year also 
um, recalling the institution of the priesthood at the Last Supper, uh, the priests who were gathered um, renew their fidelity and their promises uh, in in the person of the bishop and uh, with one another. Well, in some dioceses, like in Bismarck, for example, they held to the date of the original Chrism Mass, but they celebrated it basically with the bishop and a couple of attendants, and then the priests were to retrieve their oils when they could when they could do so, and then participate uh, remotely via live stream. What our diocese decided to do was to reschedule it for a later date. And so with us concelebrating priests present and a couple of music ministers and our seminarians, we celebrated our Chrism Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo yesterday. Uh, Bishop Folda gave a wonderful homily, and you could tell that he was visibly touched and, and emotional by the sight of being joined by his brother priests after these many weeks of being sequestered and, and all of the rest of it. And he talked about how with the theme of the readings, uh, be, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he has anointed me, uh, to remember our anointing as priests in order to reach out, whether we are finding the people in our communities um, uh, not yet uh, able to return to Mass, or some of them inertia has set in, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, that um, uh, to draw from the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us in order to 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 reach out to them and to and to invite them back uh, and to resume things when we are able. And what, what was the effect that it had on you personally as you were there yesterday, renewing your promises? Yeah. And and because normally you're surrounded by all the lay people, and which to me is one of the most powerful experiences. Right. So yeah, there's usually a contingent of we ones from one of our Catholic schools or a couple of them. Um, I know in several cases the choir from Fargo Shanley would would sing for it or a, a contingent of them um, so definitely there were you know approximately 75 to 80 of us I presume you know scattered throughout the cathedral it was what I call what I told uh, how I described to a brother priest of mine an abridged version of the chrism mass because it was considerably shorter in some ways um, but it reminded me of one of the things that I miss um, that when you're processing in at a diocesan liturgy whether it's the chrism mass or uh, an ordination or, or some such thing, there's just this raucous noise of the music, of the people singing, of the organ, you know, cranked up to 11, various things like that, and it's just so rousing. Well, now with the... Uh, regulations that have been given to us as we've resumed uh, public masses in our diocese. There's that one statement about the dispersion of respiratory droplets and how that, you know, if, if people are singing vigorously, there will be more, you know, respiratory droplets, you know, so that uh, congregational singing is not an incorporated. So I just thought to myself, you know, that's something that I do heartily miss, and I my heart will be so glad when I'm able to experience that again. You know, one of the things, and, and for, of all the things to strike me about it that, that really uh, hit yesterday that was uh, powerful, which has never been done in my memory of mm -hmm. uh, Chrism Mass, where it, but it actually happened prior to um, the the Mass starting itself. First of all, we had Father Kramer giving his announcements, and the only way that Father Kramer can give yeah. announcements, you know. But then the bishop led us in St. Thomas Aquinas' prayer of intention before mm -hmm. we celebrated the Mass, and all the priests together. Right. And for some reason, I I actually started crying at that moment. I, I was just, it just hit me. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, and I don't even know why. I mean, because, you know, we all know this prayer. Or what are we, you know, kind of, but I think it was, had something to do with because of the circumstances and everything. And we wouldn't normally do this together as yeah. body, and maybe we should in the future. 
I just, I, it was mm-hmm. just like, boom, it's like all of us together yeah. stating the intention of what we're about, united in, kind of, I guess, being in persona Christi Capitas yeah. at that moment. It was, it was very, that was, very That powerful. was a beautiful thing, as, as well as many other parts of the day yesterday. I'm glad I was able to participate. So our number is 877-795-0122. We also have a, a Facebook page on which you could submit questions for us in our Straight Talk segment. So here we have a question that has come in from Mary. Marianne and Dickinson, and uh, so here we'll uh, we'll put this out there, and it's very apropos for uh, what's going on in our times. I think we can we can uh, have a good discussion on this one. So the question: How can a person love all people equally, or at least love my neighbor as myself? There are people in life who really hurt one another, whether it's a spouse that is unfaithful, a verbally cruel teacher. A boss that is not very nice to his employees. The list goes on and on. How does God expect one to love that person that has hurt you or even continues to hurt you? Because the commandment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Any thoughts yes. on that? Um, the first thing that I think of is when we speak about love, we have to be... Um, uh, we have to speak a little bit more specifically because in Greek there are several different words that get translated into the one English word for love. You know, I, I love a rainy night, like Eddie Rabbit used to sing. We both I, love I, that one. <laughs> I, I love, you know, I, I love, a, I love my pet. I love my, you know, a fa- my favorite flavor of ice cream. Don't forget pizza. There you go. But uh, one of the things that. Um, uh, one of the things that we should keep in mind when we're talking about loving people who are um, difficult or disagreeable, it means willing the good of the other. And in order to do that, we need to have some humility to be able to step back and say, I'm not just concerned about what I think I need or what I want, but I truly will, I truly want what is best for another person. And you're not doing that in sort of a, um, a cynical way of like, well, I kind of snarky, I know what is best for somebody but saying, even if it costs me something in pride, you know, I'm going to pray and advocate for what is best for somebody so that I can stand before the Lord, at least blameless in that, so that I'm, you know, with my hands open and saying, I wasn't trying to precipitate somebody else's downfall, you know, to harm their reputation or that sort of thing. Now, people won't cooperate with us at times. They're going to be, you know, cruel and unjust toward us, but... Th- th- that's one of the first th- thoughts that comes to my mind. Again, the number eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We want we want to hear from you eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We're at Straight Talk here with Father Gross and Father Leffer. You know, okay. So I'm a very practical guy when mm-hmm. it comes. I mean, I just I really am. It's like when I preach, if I don't have an image of what I'm talking about, I fail miserably. If if I have a commandment from the Lord and I don't have some kind of a, t- I just can't do it, you know. And I and I have to agree, uh, or not agree, but s- just state, for me, one of the hardest things about being Christian is this, where he says, love your enemies. Yeah. And, and this is something, you know, I mean, I've struggled with this my, my whole life because it seems, it seems so unjust. Like, wh- wh- why do I have to love my enemy? You know, when they're not loving me. So there's this kind of an inherent, in, quote, mm-hmm. worldly injustice in that very kind of relationship. And so, I mean, I, I'm just on a very practical, simple, as this question stated here, I have struggled with this my whole life, and I keep repenting and trying again and trying again. The, the only way I've ever been able to make even the slightest remote progress in this is I finally one day just on my knees acknowledged before the Lord, this is impossible. I, I do not have the ability to love my enemy. I, I, I just don't. I, 
and, and I, I, I'm not even sure I have the desire to love my, I mean, I just have to come face to face with the Lord and just pour it out there. Here it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but then in that, so in acknowledging that, I felt a certain kind of relief or freedom, like, you know, where he says, you know, the truth will set you free kind of thing. But in the same moment, it's, I don't know if it was grace or what comes in, but it's less like, but Jesus, you do. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you have the ability to love my enemy. And, it, you know, this inspiration say, so Jesus, Jesus in me, through grace of baptism, um, confession being being reconciled to you and all things strengthened by the holy spirit and fed on daily bread temple of the holy spirit lord jesus you possess me you're in me you can love my enemy and whether i have the desire or not i i give you permission jesus love my enemy in me and and maybe we could start maybe you could show me the way and help me and that's been about the only way that mm-hmm. on, a, on a practical level that i've been able to make progress in that at all yeah, for human beings, it's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. I believe the angel Gabriel said something like that. Um, n- nothing shall be impossible for God. Uh, our number is 877-795-0122. You're listening to the Straight Talk segment of Real Presence Live with Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross. Mary had called in from Bismarck with a question. She referenced something that I had said in a previous show about the largest gathering of people in the world for a certain purpose. Where was that? Could I repeat how many people were present can i try yes i don't know if this is true or not but i'm having a flashback mm-hmm. my flashback is to uh 1993 this is, you and i were both present we were seminarians we were, we were in denver and it was an honor because both bishops from uh B- bismarck and fargo had the two big events that day one, one was uh the mass bishop sullivan had with all the people gathered and then uh bishop kinney from had the the gathering before the march that took place going out to cherry creek state park Mm -hmm. it was world youth day in denver 93 now at that before we started the march bishop kinney made an announcement and the announcement was in two years the next world youth day was going to take place in the philippines yes and um and at that point i remember um dale jillick was i met him a little late but he he took a group and went i didn't have the privilege of going there but Mm -hmm. now if my memory serves me right that's the largest gathering of human beings to one spot, one purpose on the planet in the history of the world. That's exactly right. World Youth Day in 1995 in Manila in a a city park with the crowd overflowing past that. So um, the estimates are uh, five to five and a half million people who were gathered for the purpose of a papal mass that was celebrated there for World Youth Day. But um, Pope Francis, uh, about a year or two after his election, made a, a pastoral visit to several countries in the Far East. He also went to the Philippines, and they believe that there were every bit as many uh, people gathered for a mass in that same location with him. This would have been 2014, 2015, one of those years, perhaps even more. So if you think about the wide scope of things, you know, like a, a whether it be a battlefield during war or, you know, any other sorts of, um, you know... It, gatherings uh, yeah a, a, a land war in uh, <laughs> a land war in asia, asia. <laughs> <laughs> right right but okay. uh, don't never go in against the sicilian <laughs> when death is on, on the line, line. okay <laughs> so, so yes that's one you know on so on that on that thought I mean, yeah. you remember denver which was not right. nearly as big 600 and some thousand was right. what i heard and, yeah. and 
and there weren't enough bathrooms, there wasn't enough food and all that. Right. Not, so how do you feed 7 million people in one place? How do you have enough bathrooms? I don't even want to know the answer to that, but I just, <laughs> that's where my mind goes immediately. Right. How do you handle that and, much humanity? And, and, and talk about the, you know, the, the culture of, of the Philippines, where there are a lot of different things kind of commingled. Yes, there are certain in- incidents of political corruption or, you know, poverty and all the rest of it, but there is a very vibrant and fervent faith in Jesus. So that's a really important thing as well, too. So we should... We should remember that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, we, you'll look at uh, the impact that uh, the person of Jesus has had and uh, that, that he is the reason, he's the meaning for something like that. And it's a, really kind of a mark of pride for us as Catholics. So we've got a few minutes left in the Straight Talk segment. 877-795-0122 is our toll-free number. You can also leave a message on our Facebook page. And... Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Mary, for uh, asking us to, to clarify that. The next World Youth Day is going to be in Lisboa, uh, Lisbon, Portugal. E- easy for you to say. <laughs> but uh, that, that should be a, a fascinating site. Um, what, as what, the, ta- what time of the year is it this time? You know, I think they've moved it back one nor- year. Northern Hemisphere. Um, yeah, but it will be in the summertime, yes. Okay. Uh, summer 2022, I believe, is what is what they're shooting for. Or it might be 2023. I need to double-check on that in any event. Um, the hometown, the childhood home of St. Anthony of Padua, um, near, of course, Fatima. So a lot of people will be going to uh, ask for favors for our Blessed Mother and for her intercession during the course of that as well. And, you know, Lourdes isn't so far away, so there will be a Compostela just to the north of that. So there will be a lot of of those things happening. Pilgrimage inside, pilgrimage inside, pilgrimage. Yes, yes. Okay, very good. Um, And just kind of to... Let's see here. Just, just to uh, kind of wrap things up here, we have a caller we'll go to in just a moment. But uh, tomorrow, uh, praise praise God, 21 years ago since our priesthood ordination, one of the things that I remember about that is our cathedral had been somewhat recently restored, only like three, four years yes. prior to that. And that included not only the aesthetic sorts of updates and all the rest of it, but the installation of air conditioning. And so, you know, in prior years, years, I remember seminarians talking about when they would go to, if they weren't, you know, uh, vested and serving and seated in a suit or whatever and sitting in in the uh, church, it was typically a pretty hot, sweltering day. And so how the backs of their jackets would just (laughs) stick to the pews and they had to peel themselves off. So yeah, we had, uh, we had relative comfort compared to that. So you got me all stimulated on that. Now, what's the other little trivia not little big trivia thing about the the cathedral that that, that they discovered in the basement of the cathedral, do you, do you remember this uh, story? The remains of a former bishop, that, I believe. That is correct. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that he had tricked everybody. They thought he was buried out of the cemetery, but he had set it up. So after he died, they built built this little wall and stuff and put him right below the altar in the basement of the cathedral. So during the renovation, <laughs> and, and Bishop says, get him out to the cemetery where he belongs. So there's no, there's no crypt church in St. Mary's Cathedral now. You, 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 you never know what you might find. Well, Father Leffer, why don't we have you uh, go ahead and, and take this one here. Um, we have uh, Megan joining us. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, Father Leffer. It's Megan calling from Ohio. Megan, good to talk you. to you. Good, good. <laughs> so we have a liturgical calendar, and we noticed that this week on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, they had a label on the, the days that said an ember day. And I was wondering if you could 
elaborate a little bit on what an Ember Day is. Sure. And I guess I've noticed it also during the Advent season and also during Lent. Yep, yep, a- absolutely. This is, uh, you know... Um, so let's, uh, I'm just going to take a step back and give a bigger context of where this is coming from. So, uh, so for a lot of people, they're not, they're not aware, uh, because the liturgical calendar was changed after Vatican II, but, um, so normally right now we would be in the, uh, we, well, we still are, whether we're aware of it on the calendar or not, we're in the octave of the Holy Spirit right now, because we had Pentecost on Sunday, and and traditionally it was, we had the great vigil of Pentecost, and then led to eight days celebrating the third person of the Trinity, and it was very, it was lined up very much like the Easter vigil and the Easter octave, right? Uh, celebrating the resurrection for eight days, and then this leads to the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. Okay, now I, I say that because I just, I want our listeners to be aware of this and become aware of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and just to think in a in a Catholic way, you know, even though on your calendar right now it says green for ordinal time, we're back in the, the, the numbered Sundays. Uh, okay, now this, this concept of the ember days. So where this, um, basically what this is, it's like the year was broken up in, into four four segments or four parts and and the, the idea here if, if you understand from a catholic way of thinking whenever there's there's a big thing that's taking place let's let's say christmas or let's say easter there there's always a prior to the great event there's always a, a time of purification and and you know we we christians we didn't invent this you know our our elder brothers and sisters in faith the israelites they this is how god communicated with them i'm going to appear to you in three days take three days to prepare yourself and and get ready that you might receive my relationship so we have this um it's built into us christ himself is the fulfillment of it we always have this this concept of vigil before the great event so then so we have these days leading up to it and then we see that seasonally as well like advent comes before Christmas. Lent comes before Easter, right? So we, we have this concept of like purification, preparation for the great event, and then we have the great big feast. Okay, so the year, the liturgical year, was, was broken into four, basically four parts, and where we say each one of those parts had kind of like this mini um, purification period and then celebration. And so you, you saw it there in Advent, there's one in Lent. So he, here was another one of those. And and it's basically like a three-day um, period. And, and, you, and in there, you see it, it was listed as Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a day of fasting and preparation of, of prayer. Um, and then and then the, with the emphasis on the Eucharist, and then a, a, a time of, of prayer and celebration. And kind of behind this, this concept of the ember days is, is always the idea of vocation. Like it's, it's for a, a purification for, and vocation and calling forth. And basically it's, like a, it's kind of like a mini renewal in the midst of the broader life that's going on. And so there was always traditional um, like fasts and penances and, um, and then like maybe 40 days adoration, something of like that associated with it. Um, uh, in it, so this would this would be the days, right now, of those ember days for uh, the season of uh, Pentecost. And people also speak about uh, rogation days with regard to uh, praying for a successful harvest, and you know that's right around the same time of year too. And that that comes from uh, the word rogare to right? ask, to ask mm-hmm. or, or to beseech. So yes, yes, indeed. So what do you think of all that, Megan? Uh, that's a good explanation, and I guess it's a great time to start seeing what, what other additional like small penances that 
you know, we can take on, um, especially now with all the world events happening and also get ready for that feast day on Sunday. And, you know, and I think too, like just for your average listener out there, you know, if you just go to your search engine and you put, put these things in there, when you come up on things, you don't know what they are, you'd be amazed at what you can learn just by doing a simple Google search or something on mm-hmm. these things. There's a lot of good resources that'll come up. It'll put it in context historically. And of course, you always have to be careful. Look at the source. Right. Who, if it's a reliable Catholic site or, and, yeah. You know, the Catholic Encyclopedia is online now. You can go in and, and really you can learn so much in a quick way. Right. I believe like, newadvent.org is the portal to take you to the Catholic Encyclopedia online. So once you type that in, it has these handy tabs for the uh, letters of the alphabet. So you would top on E and see if Ember Days would be indicated within that rundown. And they'll probably tell you more than you ever thought you'd want to know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much uh, for that question, Megan. And uh, blessings to you the rest of your day thank Very you good. father all righty yeah so how about uh here we only have a couple minutes left here but here here's some things that i was so each day with my people i've been doing this online thing since covid stuff and i've been giving like a tiny little teaching on the holy spirit in these days just to so um you know you always hear about the sin against the holy spirit what you know is the only one that's unforgivable you cannot forgive it and if you if you do a little research, you'll find that St. Thomas Aquinas defines it as despair or presumption. He's saying, like, if you despair, um, I'm so horrible, God can't possibly forgive me, yeah. or presumption. Denying uh, God the ability to do what he wants to do right. for you. But here's what I want to draw people's attention to. If you read it in context, you go there, look in scriptures, the Pharisees have just challenged Jesus, and it's a dispute over his origins. And he's declaring, basically, that he's the Son of God, mm-hmm. and the Divine Spirit is in him, and the Pharisees accuse him and say, no, your father is Satan. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. really, what the sin against the Holy Spirit is this, denying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Because if, you, if, you're in a, if you're in a perpetual state of unbelief and refusal to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can't be saved. And God is going to respect your freedom and he is not going to force you to be saved. So that really, mm-hmm. the sin against the Holy Spirit is a refusal to receive the mercy of God. Right, and, right. Yeah. And on that note, we thank you for uh, reminding us of that, Father. And thanks to those who participated in Straight Talk here today. And uh, that number, 877-795-0122 for future uh, times or sending questions in on Facebook. We invite you to uh, participate in that in the future shows. Well, still to come, we've got one more hour and we'll be speaking about preparing our children for the sacrament of Holy matrimony. Deacon Mark Krejci will be with us after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 